0: Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back for another episode of Innovation and Compliance. Today, you're in for a real treat because I have with me Dan Torpy. Dan is a forensic accountant, CPA, and Former auditor with over 30 years of public accounting experience, he's currently a partner with Ernst & Young and is the U.S. leader for EY's Investigation and Compliance Services. He's going to visit with us today about, I think, a truly innovative topic from a variety of spe- uh, perspectives, and it is uh, around a report issued by EY entitled, How Can You Disrupt Risk in the Era of Digital Transformation? Global Forensic Data Analytics Survey 2018. So, Dan, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you, Tom.
0: I'm very excited to uh, share some of these insights uh, with your audience, and uh, also congratulations to you on this podcast. I think it's a great tool, and also on your new and upcoming book I hear that's uh, coming out or may have been just released, so good luck with that.
1: Well, thank you uh, for all of that. I'm, uh, I'm really excited about this podcast and the, uh, the, the innovation component has really excited a lot of listeners. So uh, when I read your report, I have to say I was both uh, very excited, but also a little bit scared uh, when I read where some of the companies are. So maybe if we can dive right into it by asking, what did the EY uh, survey show around uh, rising risks around data?
0: Well, that's a good question. You know, this is on top of mind of boards. It's on top of mind of the news today, right? Today, a big uh, issue on analytics and data privacy in the news on social media, the election, the past election, elections going back to 2012. And this rings true in our survey as well. So uh, there were several risks, but four really rose to the top uh, that are at the board level that the board is looking at. Um, one is data protection and data privacy. Uh, of course, that falls into uh, GDPR. We can't have a discussion uh, on data without discussing about GDPR. That's probably a whole separate podcast, Tom. Uh, the next area would be, you know, cyber. And cyber and what we call inside a threat. And there, maybe I can spend a little more time on that piece. Uh, the third item is regulatory response, the challenge of delivering and providing data and information in response to an investigation or regulatory inquiry, and then just overall general fraud issues or financial crime issues that are out there was a big concern or a rising concern uh, to the board and to uh, executives. If you want, I can dive into uh, you know two of those areas I mentioned. Um, just in terms of cyber, right, so cyber <clears throat> when we talk about cyber, what, what came out from this survey and what we're seeing also in the market, you know, many people think of cyber. Uh, I, I love and hate this one uh, quote by uh, Mike Rogers, who was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, a very famous cyber quote where he says, you know, there's two types of companies. One, those that have been breached and those that don't know that they have been breached yet. Um, but when we talk about cyber, we're also talking about and seeing what's called inside a threat. And we're seeing this as a rising area of interest for boards because what we're finding is cyber issues aren't necessarily breaches of their security, but a lot of the cyber issues where there's theft and information taken is what's from what we call insider threat, so employees. Uh, there's a Carnegie Mellon study out there that talks about over 70% of individuals who uh, take some sort of intellectual property usually happens within thirty or sixty days of them getting a bad performance review or finding out that there may be layoffs out there. So we're seeing companies really try to figure out how do we deal with analytics and data around threats that are internal within their own company relating to cyber, not just a breach. Um, and that includes things like not just looking at you know what's what information is being downloaded, but Uh, You know, people logging in out of the office, getting analytics around vacation and downtime, employee reviews, uh, uh, you know, things to that nature. So again, taking multiple data sources and trying to figure out an analytics or monitoring program uh, around that. So that's an area we're seeing uh, companies really starting to look at and figure out what could be their analytic program around that, around cyber and insider threat. The, the other area, um, one of the top four items, was the regulatory response. Uh, this is an age-old challenge that we see companies dealing with, but possibly because of uh, you know, the Dodd-Frank whistleblower act, we're seeing more and more uh, you know, uh, hotline complaints and things of that nature, more investigations. Companies really are beefing up their programs, but are still challenged to deal with delivering data and information on a government inquiry whether the company is big or small, so we have a large pharmaceutical company we assisted uh, within the last few years. That just in terms of getting out their research and development notes for uh, for a uh, for a product of theirs, um, that information was stored from a boutique shop. That boutique shop was then acquired by a larger company. Uh, the information was several years old when they had to respond to a government inquiry. In order to get that information they had to really track down where is this data well they didn't even have a contact of who to talk to where this data was it was somewhere in australia being archived and when our client finally got a hold of a contact there they essentially said well we're going to need a couple of weeks to you know figure out and put it in the right format that you needed it so big or small this is still continues to be a challenge for companies i have other examples too but i just to kind of give you a feel those were the four top items, and two of those I thought were of special interest to your audience.
1: So, Dan, uh, but this report is not simply about risks, and the part that excited me was really the opportunities, and you identify uh, several areas, uh, both in technologi- technologies and services that I thought um, really could help a wide variety of corporate uh Uh, practitioners and different corporate disciplines move forward to create uh, greater efficiencies and hopefully at the end of the day, uh, more profitability. So I was wondering if you might uh, uh, have a few thoughts on the use of advanced technologies that might be available now.
0: Oh, good point, Tom. Yes. So there are, um, we're definitely seeing um, Companies move towards some advanced technologies. Just within the last few years of our survey, now um, it's a couple of years old, dating back to 2014. We're seeing, you know, enhanced use of traditional items, uh, uh, relationship databases, you know, who's talking to whom, communication, better data warehousing of information, um, more enhanced internally built tools. Those are areas that we're seeing increases that are uh, pretty consistent around the marketplace. But what's really exciting and something that really was in its infancy, I would say, only three or four years ago, Tom was, you know, data visualization to, to have some reporting to visualize uh, the reporting of all the information, um, continuous monitoring, uh, uh, event management, and like security response management of incidents, and just greater use of statistical analytics and some data mining. Those. Those four quadrants, we're seeing, you know, double and triple the amount of activity in the market right now with clients that are using these tools um, consistently within their finance group. We're seeing it. We're seeing it within inter- internal audit and compliance. And these make analyzing information more user- user-friendly. They're tools that people can manipulate and develop data visualization and graphs a lot easier than in the past. You don't have to be a computer programmer to, to develop some of these items. So definitely we're seeing, you know, sometimes technology is a great challenge and, you know, we have a great technology solution, but it's expensive or uh, we need, you know, special assistance to run it. Many of these items are very user friendly and are starting to be incorporated within companies. And we're we we're we're seeing them on investigations that we work on and in compliance programs. So I would think what's exciting and you mentioned about this report, this report can also be used to help companies internally to convey, hey, here is where other organizations are going. If an organization isn't there, they can you know use this as a talking point within internally within a company to say, hey, here's where we need to be. Um, areas that you know if we then look at The most advanced technology that are in their infancy today that we see maybe be propelled in the next couple of years uh, that really aren't maybe mainstream, and that would be uh, robotic processing automation or the acronym RPA. We can talk a bit about what that is. And the voice searching and analytics, uh, you know, from the phone or from, uh, you know, uh, just from Skype and things to that nature, voice analytics. A lot of that is recorded through. Uh, you know banks and healthcare and pharmaceutical companies may have regulatory reasons to hold on to that. Um, we're not seeing a whole lot of use in the, in that outside of those industries uh, but we are seeing an uptick in uh, robotic processing automation so um, that's exciting. that's essentially we're seeing clients where they're um, you know we're taking application for a loan file or something like that where the robotics you know, they're not physical robots, right? So first of all, robotics in, in analytics is what we would call, for old school, for those people that used to write uh, uh, macros and things to that nature. It's essentially a program to, 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 to tell the computer, grow, grab this information off this internet site or internet site, match it with an internal document here. So it automatically pulls information when it gets triggered. So it's less people pulling files Less people checking mundane data sources, and it's automatically pulling information together like a robot. And we're seeing uh, we're seeing that start to increase. Maybe not as great as we would like, but we're, we're, I would expect if we were to do this survey two years from now, that's going to be the exciting area that's going to add to innovation, add to efficiency, and possibly mitigate you know fraud and, and wrongdoing if, if if done right with the proper oversight.
1: So, Dan, I guess one of the uh, kind of insights I had in reading the report was as innovative as some of these techniques are and and perhaps even cutting edge would be be an appropriate term. In many ways, they uh, are as basic as helping companies uh, either tear down or cut through silos by uh, allowing improvements and inclusion of a wide range of data sources that are inside the company, both structured data, unstructured data. And an area that I see great inefficiency even today in companies. And that really leads to the next point that I wanted to uh, visit with you about, which is the thought about cross-functional collaboration, how challenging that is. Uh, obviously, corporate silos are, are always problematic, but it's not simply silos. It's It's people like yourself. Uh, auditors, it's uh, chief financial officers, it's people like me who who have a law degree and a law profession background. So it's a wide variety of different disciplines within a corporation. What are you seeing in terms of the cross-functional collaboration?
0: Well, um, it's a very good point. It is a challenge. We're seeing it. um, And you raise a good point, Tom. It's, It's not just within the company, right? But the company has you know people like us uh, outside consultants accountants attorneys other providers with access to information or analytics and how is that information used is it is it being used in an efficient manner and uh, the cross-functionalization we're seeing it not just with tools but with people right so I'd say the biggest shift we're seeing is the need for uh, greater skilled Uh, individuals in this area. So we are seeing some, there's definitely silos, let's put it this way, for the tools and technology, right? So the investigative arm within the uh, general counsel's office may have some analytic tools, email review tools that internal audit may not have, right? The compliance group may have some monitoring analytics that another group doesn't have, we often find some of the most advanced tools are with the sales force or with the financial planning uh, and analytics, FPA or FPN, financial planning and metrics, groups within the organizations, and sometimes they're not shared. Some of this is very natural. It's very organic that groups develop tools within organizations. But we are seeing both new companies that are being formed or companies that are looking for you know, reduced cost or things to that nature start to bring these groups together. And I think the driver of that, Tom, may not necessarily even be technology, but it's probably, and what we're seeing, is possibly people, right? Because the skills needed for these functions, it's not like I just need a technology person, right? An analytics professional, person handling data, it's not one person. It's multiple skills. Um, and and uh, I, you know, let's just let's just kind of walk through that, right? So if we have uh, and we and we see that groups, many groups don't have dedicated professional analytics technology analytics professional at their disposal. So companies may have an internal Information technology group IT that they can tap into But uh, internal audit may have one data analytics person and compliance may have another But really what you need is you you need is the skill to You know computer forensics maybe to freeze the data or extract the data There's another skill to You know scrub the data go for efficiency eliminate duplication things to that nature Then it could be programmers, right? Programmers. We see a lot of companies have their self-written programs or um, self-developed software, where there's programmers. Then you have the analytic person, right? The person who has all these analytics. We we developed, EY developed some analytics, uh, fraud prevention and anti-fraud analytics with the ACFE. We did a study with them maybe seven eight years ago, where we developed almost 400 different uh, analytics tests and. You know to know what those tests are and how to run them that's a different skill and then finally you need a, a professional within the business or that knows all these data sets as to what all these analytics mean right so that's an area that I, I I personally see with my clients that we see within the survey it's a challenge but it's an area that companies are starting to move towards to recognize this is a unique set of people, this, there's different skills here, and we have to figure out a way to either have an analytics group or analytics professionals with embedded within different divisions and different regions within the company. So that may be a long answer to your question, but that's, uh, that's both the exciting part of it and the challenging part of it at the same time.
1: Well, then one of the other challenges that I think you correctly identified uh, in the report was the need for um, robust corporate governance around these issues and specifically uh, manage, uh, senior management uh, driving this because of the cross-functional need, both in terms of uh, personnel, headcount, and uh, uh, resources as well. Um, did you see anything in the report that indicated to you that the board of directors in their unique position of, of oversight are really trying to implement some of these trends, or I guess, what did the report uh, say to you?
0: Yes, so it's it's definitely an area that management recognizes that um, when these changes take place, s- senior executives, the board level, senior executives in the C-suite um, have to be driving the initiative, and that's really what we've seen from the uh, from our study, and that's what we're seeing in with our clients as well. That if we don't, if you don't, if an organization doesn't have ownership at that C level, at the you know senior executive, it's really going to be difficult to make a transformation on analytics, both with people, you know, and the technology, and just the process on on how it's used within the organization. That um, it really has to be driven. Um, at that level. It doesn't necessarily have to be driven by the board, right? Management is who manages the company. The board can influence that. The board can guide and suggest it has to be driven at the executive management um, level. And, um, you know, that's what we see. we see. We see clients that want to make a change that's initiated sometimes by technology or legal. And uh, we have meetings with them. They, they get a couple of groups together. And unless you have someone really leading the charge it just doesn't happen. There may be a lot of discussions. There may be a lot of whiteboarding sessions. But unless there's a commitment from senior management that this cuts across our organization, we need to do it for uh, overall improvement, it's it's a challenge to, to make it happen.
1: So, Dan, um, and certainly on the exciting end of the scale is uh, the interest around data investigations, Uh, How this can be used for compliance. And let me just pick up on one group that you mentioned um, about realizing the potential of uh, the full potential of forensic data analysis and how it can transform really the entire risk management program in the company. You mentioned financial planning and integration as a group that would uh, tend to embrace this type of approach. When you said that, it automatically struck me is that's the kind of conversation that a compliance chief compliance officer needs to have. That's the kind of insight they need to have. And they need to understand where the financial planning and integration group sees the company going so that uh, forecasting and a, and a risk profile can begin begin to be developed. So I was just wanting to see maybe what some of your thoughts were really around how this integrates uh, across the um, Risk management process of a company.
0: Well, you know, you you raise a good point, and you mentioned two areas of uh, individuals: compliance officers and the financial planning, or you know, the controller group, or things of that nature the the numbers people within a company. And not all the times do they work together. Um, many, and it's and again, it's very natural because there's. You know, financial controls. A chief accounting officer overseeing things for the SEC, a CFO, driving the you know financial accounting, financial reporting compliance, so to speak, which is a different set of compliance than uh, you know ethics and compliance through uh, uh, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, through anti-money laundering issues, through antitrust uh, things in that nature. You know, behavior of Sales folks, uh, working with vendors. And I do think what you mentioned there is that discussion with the compliance, uh, you know, chief compliance executive or people in the compliance group with those, with the financial and accounting people, they can really learn a lot together or, or cross over on some analytics or tools or just best practices um, because both groups really have different compliance uh, hats they wear at times. But they do overlap, and uh, we see organizations that include those two groups and those two teams together um, to be very, uh, to be uh, very fruitful and efficient in, in how they monitor things. And they don't look at it as two separate groups, right? They look at it as overall programs. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question there. I was just picking up on those two groups that you mentioned there, but. Uh, I think the compliance officer uh, would be well served or anyone in compliance well served in kicking the tires a bit to see what are groups uh, within the organization doing around analytics and technology or uh, technology professionals, uh, because I think there can be great um, efficiencies driven or best practices developed uh, through the dialogue. I'm sure it's happening in different companies, but it, you know, based upon the culture, and the maturity and, you know, how new is the compliance officer to the function, who do they know? A lot of it's just, it's a lot easier said than done to, you know, navigate some of these issues through, uh, through an organization.
1: Well, Dan, unfortunately we're near the uh, end of our time, but I was wondering if anyone wanted uh, more information on the uh, EY report or uh, from yourself, uh, uh, could they do so?
0: Yeah, they can just Google uh, EY uh FDA survey Forensic Data Analytics survey and they'll go right to the site and then download the survey um, They could also Google uh, EY fits that's our uh, Forensic investigation dispute service group and they'll go right to our website um, And uh, that's probably the best way to get more information There's a lot of information on a website not just on our Survey here, but on other surveys we do around uh cybersecurity, some items we discussed um, and also will in a in a in about two months, we'll be releasing our overall uh, biannual uh, global fraud survey. So that'll be interesting to see what comes of that in terms of uh, uh, fraud and overall compliance risk, uh, not just around data, but around uh, you know, many issues.
1: Well, Dan, I want to thank you for this uh, fascinating exploration of forensic data analysis, how companies are using it, and perhaps uh, where it may go in the future. Thank you.
0: Thanks a lot, Tom. Appreciate the time. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.